Hello and no, oh, I can't even do the hello and welcome because that's the other podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, well, hey, look, welcome to Beer and Ray Guns. This is the podcast where two kind of old guys with lapsing memories uh, crack a cold one and talk a little sci-fi, a little sci-fact, and uh, try to answer the age-old question of our generation. Where are the freaking flying cars? Hey, Paul, how you doing tonight? I am good, Brent. That is, it is Brent, right? I mean, you know, my slipping memory and all. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm, is your I'm, name, right? I'm pretty sure it's Brent. At least for tonight, it will be. Okay, we'll just yeah. we'll just go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's been a long week of sleepless nights, and I'm not really sure why. Strange dreams, and but no flying cars in the dreams. But I did see this really uh, cool. Not thing even from, in the dreams. No, no, no. I did really see this really cool, like um, quadcopter thing. That was that this German company is building. It, it's slick looking. It's really nice, but you know, it's it, it's not going to take up a parking space. It's going to take up like four or five of them, six of them. Oh, so it this is like a a drone shaped helicopter kind of thing for people. Yeah, yeah. Two people can climb in it, and it's you know it, it's going to be computerized and controlled, and you know it'll off and uh, with the with the with the rotors and land in parking lots but yeah I, is it going to make the jetsons car sound like like that because that it, that should be a requirement that should be a requirement but as much as i would like flying cars i just i don't think we're ready for them we we have enough problems with the ones with wheels that's true <laughs> yes I, I until we can get teslas that don't run into things then you know i i I'm having a hard time turning my control of my car over to vehicles that don't fall 30,000 feet when the engine quits. I don't, I don't want Tesla controlling uh, a vehicle that could crash vert, you know, in, in more than crash in more than one dimension to put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. We have enough problem in the, in the two dimensional world. Let's not add three right now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so the big question now is, what's the brew for the evening? Well, this evening I decided that I would raid my my wife's stash of the darker stuff because I needed some variety, and I have a Founders KBS Espresso Stout. Oh, Which wow. is marinated in bourbon barrels. Oh, oh, oh. that sounds good. Was that the bourbon barrel? <laughs> that, that was me bonking it into the mic stand on my, on its way to my mouth. Well, that's apparently what... it affects depth perception. I guess it's one of the first senses to go when you drink it. <laughs> well, that's funny because um, I'm going with the stout tonight too. This is the oh yeah the left hand brewing milk stout nitro. Oh, yeah. Nice. And um, apparently there's a certain way you have to pour this. <laughs> so, Directly into your mouth. No, uh, is there uh, another way? Yeah, apparently you're supposed to just flip it right up and not tilt the glass. Just let it fall right out of the bottle into the glass because it's supposed to help activate <laughs> like nitrogen or something in it. So I'm going to give this a try. Um, I am prepared. I, you might want to wear a hazmat suit yeah, and I, maybe I, cover the... I, I do have yeah. my towel, um, good. you know, it's, it's, you know, you always carry a towel that, yeah, I got to know where your towel is. Yep. 
Ooh, hear that. Oh, wow. It's got this nice, like, um, Guinness type of head on it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Spilled a little. Hey, I think we need some sort of a, an, a, like a, a, a sound effect when we both, like, like the, the daily double sound effect when you, <laughs> when we both choose the same kind of, of beer. Oh, that is. <laughs> yeah. It's got that, that looks nice. Yeah. It's got that kind of like. For the folks viewing at home, yeah. it. Imagine a beer. Imagine a stout with a, a Guinness-like head, and you will you will imagine accurately what I'm looking at here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. I like is it? That. Yeah, it is. Cool. It's kind of. It's it's stoutish, but it's not heavy. It's like a light stout, mm. little creamy. Actually, the pour did make a difference from the the one that I had earlier, uh, in the week. Um. So that pour did make a difference. It's it's a little bit more creamy, and it's got kind of like this mocha cocoa kind of finish with it. So it's really nice. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Left hand brewing. Not familiar with that one. Yeah. Have to check it out. Absolutely. Maybe I'll buy a six pack for the for the wife for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, that would beer makes a wonderful Christmas gift. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. <laughs> oh, and speaking of giving, something's been giving me a headache. What's what would that be? All right. So I'm trying to think of things here. You know, what is sci-fi is is where this is going. But the thing that's giving oh, me my. the yeah, the thing that's giving me a headache is is Field of Dreams a science fiction? <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no. All tech right, make in the, it. make the case. There's no tech in it, but it's not. It's quasi paranormal, maybe. But is it? Is it? Is it science fiction? Because this time thing is happening. And and I started thinking about that, and then the one that really got me. And you're going to hate me for this one. It's Hot Tub Time Machine of Science Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I do hate you now. Oh, that's it. That's it. The podcast is over. We're done here. I am out of here. I refuse to participate in this travesty. <laughs> no, no, no. It, 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 in, in all seriousness, you know, it kind of made me ask that question about, well, what do we really consider science fiction? I mean, were all the Twilight Zones science fictions or were they horrid? Where do we draw that line? Is it, does it use sure. tech? Does it not use tech? Is time travel as a component, does that automatically make it a science fiction? Because there were some time travel movies. Um, Gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Christopher Reeves starred in one of them. Uh, that, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, time um, or not? Not time after time. Somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. And I, I he, I believe from what I remember, he he projected himself back in time. Right. You know, there was no scientific. Yeah. There, there wasn't like a time machine. It was, it was unexplained. Right. Right. And then where this really starts to boggle my mind is. Is a Christmas story by Charles Dixon. Is a Christmas yeah, Charles story. Dixon. Yeah, Charles Dixon. Oh, yeah. The, Charles Dixon's Christmas story is definitely <laughs> because you know it's, it's Santa Santa land, landed in a in a rocket 
uh, and you know, the reindeer were all robots. So yeah, Charles Dixon's Christmas Carol was definitely science fiction. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. 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 Not to be confused with the actual, a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. oh, that one. Yeah, because I mean, there's a there's kind of a time travel kind of paranormal component in that, and and sometimes the paranormal stuff gets pulled into the sci-fi genre, and the horror gets pulled in there. So where 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 do we draw these lines? And it was just it was just like, oh wow, oh this may be a good topic. <laughs> that is, it's a it's a tough question. It really truly is, and you know. It, in in getting ready for this, I did some poking around to see what other people have have said about it, and you know, you may be familiar with the great science fiction editor John Campbell, John W. Campbell. He his definition was, science fiction is what I say it is. <laughs> so see, you know, I, I like that one. <laughs> and and another great another great science fiction editor uh had something had something similar i need to find the quote it was um oh where was it it was it was it was something along the same lines and it's funny that editors are the ones wrestling with this so much but it was uh damon knight famous famous editor his and and author himself uh said his, his definition was kind of interesting and now of course i can't find it but it was basically it was a variation it was science fiction is whatever we whatever is at the end of our finger when we're pointing at it oh interesting interesting so it the people who worked in the field had a lot of trouble defining it themselves and you know a lot of authors have been asked and a lot. It's funny because a lot of the old definitions that I mm -hmm. found had to do with, well, if it takes place in the future, or if it's if it's stuff that doesn't exist, and that makes sense for the time when science fiction was primarily future oriented. But mm -hmm. there's so much science fiction, so many stories that we would consider science fiction that take place in in contemporary time or even in the past. Mm -hmm. So that that nice easy barrier doesn't doesn't apply anymore mm -mm. in a lot of cases so you know we're left with this 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 i did a long time ago i had heard this quote and i was trying to find it because it, it for this because it's like oh that just that seemed like it was really a good way to do it mm -hmm. a, a nice definition so i was poking around and i was google searching the words that i could remember from it mm -hmm. which were kind of scattershot and um, what I came up with, as it turned out, it was Rod Serling. Because, you know, funny, you mentioned the Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. But Rod Serling's definition was, fantasy is the impossible made probable. Science fiction is the improbable made possible. Oh. I can see that, especially from him. It, coming from Rod Serling, right? Yeah. It, it's like, well, you got to think about that. Yeah. I could also see somebody like uh, Clark or Asimov saying something similar. Right. Yes. Because yeah, those were very 
two very science-driven authors. I found a quote from Arthur C. Clarke. I didn't find <laughs> one from Asimov. I don't... But Clarke said... His, his thought was science fiction is something that could happen, but you usually wouldn't want it to. Fantasy is something that couldn't happen, though you often wish that it could happen. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that, that's an interesting take because I would actually see that almost the opposite right now. Because there's a lot mm -hmm. of science fiction that I wish was, was legit, was real. Right. You know. Right. And there's a lot of fantasy that I, I was never, and that's funny too, because I was never really into the fantasy part of the genre. If, if that's included in the genre. I mean, I remember growing up going to the bookstore. Yes. Yes. We, we had these, these places that we would go to when we would buy books, you know, you could hold them in your hands. <laughs> you didn't have to scroll. What up. a strange concept. A strange concept. How retro. <laughs> And it was always sci-fi fantasy was always together. It was always, you know, right. sci-fi fantasy, sci-fi fantasy. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I never really got into the fantasy side as much as I got into the sci-fi side of it. And right. you know, for me, fantasy would be something that was be like, yeah, that's never gonna happen, kind of thing. You know, whereas the sci-fi is like, oh, I really wish that would happen. Or, oh, we don't want it to work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there used to be this thing that, like, fantasy was in the past and, you know, like, ancient dim dark times. And then science fiction is in the future, mm -hmm. you know, when people are whizzing around in rocket ships. But that doesn't, that's not a hard and fast thing. There's yeah. a lot, like, the Twilight, so many Twilight Zone stories that you could argue are have the classic science fiction elements were were set in th that contemporary time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely! And then there were a lot that were bizarre set of coincidences and circumstances, not necessarily sci-fi. Yes. but it tends to get the whole the whole thing tends to get dropped into this this sci-fi kind of um, box, and. You know, and yeah, maybe it fits, maybe it doesn't for some stories, but, but, but here's one it's it's the Marvel universe. Is that the Spider-Man sci-fi? Or is that, is that well fantasy? Well, if you were, if we were to apply the Serling rule mm -hmm. for lack of a better, <laughs> I mean, it's, let's see. Um, it's not, it's improbable, Yeah, but it's also, well, it, it, how impossible is it that you would have, I guess it's not technically impossible that you could have some sort of a, a human spider mutation, <laughs> whether it's caused by exposure to radio, you know, a bite by a radioactive spider, but you know that that's okay. That's a gimmick, but you know, <laughs> well, no, here, let's, we, here we go. Let's here we say go. that Spider Man is fantasy. The Fly was science fiction. <laughs> okay, I would go for that. <laughs> I would go for that. I mean, is are those the? I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what the Sterling Rule is saying. Whereas Campbell's is like, hey, call it what you want. 
Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> as long as it, look, I look, guys, I've got a magazine to fill. You know, we're going to the printer in two weeks. I need a story to fill it. Yeah, I'm going to call that science fiction. <laughs> yeah, I know it's got a guy with a sword, but screw it. I got to fill this magazine. So, you know, his, his motives were a little different. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So he that might have been driving his choices there. Yeah. Look, just make the sword turn into a laser and we got it. There you go. Right, exactly. Right. The dragon is an alien. A, 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 an alien creature with wings. Yeah, that's it. All yeah. right, fine. We're good. Yeah. Run that baby. <laughs> but you get to the point in some of these stories where you're you're crossing all kinds of genre lines. I mean, Star Wars. Star Wars is, you know, one would say it's science fiction, and it's like, no, nah, you know, it's it's more fantasy. It, maybe it's more drama. You know, it's myth. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it was just kind of, how do we define what this is? And and, it's, and maybe it's like, well, I know it when I see it. So it's. <laughs> Oh, so, so it's porn. I wasn't going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What was it? Just, you know, so that we can just, just narrowing the, you know, just establishing our boundaries here. (laughs) You know, the, the, this is this fence line we will not cross. That's not science fiction. It's all about lighting. (laughs) That's right. That's that's right. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Like if 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 you were to take, okay, here's an acid test that you could apply. You know, if if you were to take the soundtrack out and replace it with like a porn movie soundtrack, <laughs> would it still be plausible? Like you know, you know bow, chicka, wow, 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 wow. I don't know. I mean, you can you can change the music up on stuff and make it feel completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there there's a whole episode of Beer and Ray Guns just on music in sci-fi. Oh, that's a topic that I would bring a six pack for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have to pick that one up. Stay tuned. <laughs> Sneak preview, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah it it's interesting because the the definition of what is science fiction really can it you know a lot of it is just such a marketing label. Mm-hmm. You know, where is it going to go on the book? Sh- what bookshelf is it going to go on? Who are we going to market this movie to? You know, are we going to turn people off if we say it's science fiction? Because mm-hmm. you know, how many reviews, you know, movie reviews are there? It's like, wow, that didn't seem like a science fiction mm-hmm. movie. It was actually really good, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's the or whole thing. Margaret Atwood, for the longest time, was like, she resisted having her stuff called science fiction. She's like, this is not science fiction. This is literature. And, you know, oh. so there's th- this whole genre you know, the, it, it, it's tarred by the association with genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's just it. If they had marketed Field of Dreams as a time-traveling, paranormal sci-fi movie, would it have done as well as it did? And would it have been received the way it was received rather than this 
time traveling movie that pays homage to baseball and what could have been and what will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a really interesting point because you often see movies having different trailers aimed at different audiences mm. and they have completely different themes. Like it, it might be, you know, a hard action drama thing. And then the next, the next preview you see is like kind of, it plays up maybe the relationships or a romance or something. And it's, it's, it's the same movie, but you know, it's, it's a completely different marketing pitch. You know who's doing that real bad right now is Netflix with Stranger Things 4. Really? None of the trailers, you, if you were to watch just one of the trailers, you'd be like, well, this might not be, is this Stranger Things? Then you watch another one and you're like, oh, I can't wait. And then you watch another one, you're like, what <laughs> the hell are they doing? <laughs> and they're slowly releasing these trailers and there was there was this article i think it was an Ars technical that somebody was going on about how you know this there's all this inconsistency in these trailers and i'm thinking to myself wait a minute this is stranger things this is like 14 episodes of non-stop inconsistency <laughs> right with a common theme that 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 only you the viewer knows none of the characters because they're not talking to one another <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you know but but it, there's it, a perfect example of something that kind of fits in it it fits into sci-fi it fits into paranormal genres it fits into a fantasy it kind of fits in everywhere and they're they're creatively crafting trailers to point that out yeah yeah you know there's a whole art form on youtube it, of people who re remix movies uh create new trailers for movies that uh -huh. recast the movies entirely like there is one uh the the classic that comes to mind was somebody did silence of the lambs as a rom-com and it is brilliant you got it there's a whole art to creating trailers. Oh my God. Yeah. But to mislead people like that, you know, it, to deceive. So, you know, like, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Aunt Millie to go see this fun comedy called Silence of the Lambs. She'll love it. You know, uh, and then she comes out and she's got PTSD, you know. Uh, I'll give you a real life example. Years ago, my, our, my, my two kids, when they were younger, they went down to Florida to stay with uh, their grandmother, my mom. Well, she took him to see Ted because she thought it was a movie about teddy bears. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about, about, about 30 minutes or so in, and she's like, this is not what it looked like on the trailer. <laughs> you know, my, my son's I like, thought. I guess, like 14, 15 or so, so he's laughing his butt off. <laughs> he's starting to get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we oh, tease her great. about that. You're the one that took him to see Ted. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that makes it difficult to try to figure out how to define what science fiction is, is that in our own lifetimes, it has changed so dramatically. You know, when we were kids, science fiction was still... You know, at the tail end of the golden age of rocket ships and space mm -hmm. travel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I think 
cyberpunk kind of changed the whole attitude towards what you know where and when and how science fiction could take place and then you've got things like steampunk mm -hmm. which you know are deliberately not just not futuristic but actually retro mm -hmm. and it's um yeah all all of the old definitions that you know even when like Arthur C. Clarke and, and Rod Serling were offering their definitions. They wouldn't, science fiction didn't look, doesn't look anything like it did when they were, when they were active. So if, if, if you try to define it, are you, are you trying to stop the water, you know, stop the river? That's a, that's an interesting point. And, and, and kind of to that, I mean, when you, when you bring in the, the, the emergence of cyber and, and steampunk and all these other kind of little like, I don't want to necessarily say sub-genres because there's not really a, it, they're kind of unique unto themselves. And you start yeah. to ask the question too, even further back, because uh, as soon as you said, you know, cyber, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Was Alice in Wonderland, was Lewis Carroll writing science fiction to a, a standard you know? to, of today? Because I mean, my God, we wouldn't have the matrix if it wasn't for him. Exactly. I mean, Alice in Wonderland is a precursor of the Matrix. Mm -hmm. I, you can absolutely draw that line. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, 25, 30, 40 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do that. You would, no one would have said that Alice in Wonderland had anything to do with science fiction. Right. So is it the environment that we're evolving in that's controlling the definition? And, and, and I wouldn't be super... Yeah. I, I, I think a case could be made for that. Yeah. Speaking of quotes that I've been trying to find, you know, I, I found that, that Rod Serling quote, and I never knew it was by him, but there is, there is a quote that I've always been really interested in finding. I, I heard it or read it once, and I've been hunting it down and never found it. So if anyone listening knows who said this, please, please let me know. But... A, a a story, whether it's science fiction or romance or whatever the genre, a story exists in three times. The time in which the story is set, the time in which the story was written, and the time in which the story is being read. Oh. Yeah. Because things could come to pass that change the reader's perception many, many, many years later. I mean, my exactly. perception of, you know, my perception of Alice in Wonderland is very different from somebody who would have read it in the 1920s. Right. Exactly. And my perception of uh, A Christmas Carol is very, very different. Of course, it's been polluted by, you know, um, um, Bill Murray. <laughs> Oh, Scrooged. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, and, and my perception of, hey, of a Christmas I, Carol I, is very different because, you know, I've seen Bill Murray be Scrooge. I've seen Patrick Stewart read it. So, which is actually probably much closer to what it was when Dickens wrote it. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yes. And. I, I have seen Obi-Wan Kenobi as the ghost of Christmas, whatever. And, you know, it, uh, so, so it's Christmas past, right? I think so. Cause he, he had all the chains. 
No, 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 no. He was the ghost of Marley. He was Marley's ghost. He was Marley. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. He's dragging the chains around. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, mommy, look, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so, you know, forevermore for me, that was already, you know, tainted there. <laughs> so it relies on, you know, perception and, 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 and I think what you said about having the, this, this temporal component to, to stories of when they were written, when they were placed, and when they were actually read, it is kind of important to 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 science fiction or to anything because it puts it in some kind of place, and that place is constantly changing. And I'm just rambling on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, see, that's what it does: is it just melts your core? It just <laughs> it just melts your brain trying to sort this out. <laughs> All right, so so it, it raises a lot of questions, and, and I think we have. Did you see that? <laughs> it also raises a lot of microphones too. Oh apparently, God. I left that whole part in. What was that? I don't know. The microphone does. What? It. I left that whole part in 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 that one episode where it hit me in the head. Oh no! Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. So let me back up. So, so I was something about. Melts so, your brain. Yeah. Well, so, so this all is, is pretty brain melting because it just, because anything can be science fiction. If you know, you're like, well, that's science fiction. Well, that's science fiction. And, and, and I think it, it relies on us, the reader, the viewer, the consumer to place something on it based on our own experiences. I think that one of the things that science fiction has now that it didn't have in Arthur C. Clarke's and, and Rod Serling, Isaac, Isaac Asimov's days, is the interactivity with viewers and readers that it, that it has now. I mean, you used to have letters to the editor in the science fiction magazines where someone would write in and say, sir, I really enjoyed your story in the November issue, but I would like to raise a question about your, your use of, you know, impulse power. But now you've got discussion boards and reaction videos and, and you can meet these people at conventions and it's, it, the, the relationship is so dynamic and engaging that, you know, it, it's the role of the reader or the, or, or the viewer is much more integral to the experience than it used to be. It's also more communal uh -huh. too. I mean, you, you can find communities of people who like the stuff you like, whereas Back when we were kids, you know, we we didn't have the internet. If if it wasn't in your immediate circle of friends, you didn't really, you might not know anybody else who liked what you liked. Oh no! So and, and then and then not to interrupt, but to add to that though is the stigma, because there yeah, was a yeah. stigma. It was like, oh, you, you're you're one of those alien people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't watch, I'm going to pull my ray gun out and burn you. <laughs> yeah that didn't work very well for me i tried that because <laughs> the ray gun was made of you know rolled up paper towel tube and some aluminum foil exactly you know a lot of masking tape that it, yeah. it wasn't very good yeah, see i learned to put a cigarette lighter in the end of it <laughs> oh see i should have hung out with you it's all about the effects <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> 
All right. So when we started off, we didn't quite answer the question of whether or not Field of Dreams was actually a science fiction. Um, I think it kind of is. And I think it, the whole thing of science fiction com- completely comes down to what your perception of the world is and what your experience is and, and really what you want it to be because we all own part of that story internally. And I think that's a very important part of anything that anybody creates. What do you got, Paul? Oh man, how can you, how can you top, how can you follow that up? That you said it, you nailed it. That's exactly it. Yep. And, and I, and I think, and I think field of dreams is, is, has some strong science fictional elements, undercurrents. There we go. I like that undertones. One. I like that. All right. So until next time, um, until next time, until then, Hey, if you were hearing this, then that means you have made it through season one, the final episode. Paul and I are going to take a little bit of a break during the holidays, but we will be back in 2022 with a season two. So in the meantime, crack a cold one, follow us on Twitter at beer and Ray guns. And, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>